Sabonis brought it to him. Hey, what is up? You are listening to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacers fans by Pacers fans. I'm Jack, your host, and I'm joined by Sal. Sal, how's it going, man? Everything's good. You still uh, liking being a Pacers fan? Of course, even through the hard times. I love it. Well, you're doing great on the Instagram. I'm excited to talk Pacers with you today. Um, oh, and by Instagram, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Sal is the manager of the All Pacers Instagram page, and, he, and you're doing a great job, man. Thank you. Not a huge week of news, but there's been, what, five or six games that we're going to talk about today, starting with the Bulls game last Monday. Um, if you watch the Lakers game, you know there was a scandal that happened there. And, I mean, we're just going to have a fun podcast episode, but try to, you know, get through this one pretty quick, too. So, Sal, let's start with news. What do you got for us this week? Well, Isaiah Jackson did come back to make his debut since his injury against the Raptors uh, about last month. Uh, he played versus the Bulls. Uh, I think he took a few shots, and he's also played in our past two games. He did get a uh, a DNP from the coach's decision in the two games in between those. But Isaiah Jackson is back, and also Justin Holiday is now in quarantine, and he will miss ten games min- or ten days, sorry, minimum of basketball, and that will be his first time missing a game in I think it was two hundred something games. So pretty upsetting news for him at least yeah i think someone had told us 270 right yeah 270 300 is that chris pratt on instagram shout out not not the actual actor chris pratt but it's the at the chris pratt on instagram and it might not have even been him that's am i wrong it's whatever chris gets the right yeah chris you get the credit for that i don't even know if it was you anyway um, I know you love Isaiah Jackson, so you have to be pretty stoked about this news. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. I've liked what I've seen out of him, uh, even though like the stats might not show it. He, he is only um, 19, so he's a I'm kid. Happy with we, what we're getting. Yeah. yeah, we got plenty of time with him. The holiday entering the safe, the health and safety protocols is tough for the Pacers right now because, I mean, as far as depth on this roster goes. And this is assuming the roster is as g- healthy as it's going to be, or has as it's been at its peak in the past what four weeks. Um, we're probably going to have to end up seeing a lot of Brad Wanamaker, and I know Karis LeVert's been on minute restrictions recently too. So I, I mean, I don't even know what this means. Maybe Jeremy Lamb will start playing again, but you know, if I had to guess, they're probably shopping Jeremy Lamb if he's not playing a ton. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, this is tough because Justin Holiday is someone who's a solid defender for us, can space the floor, and uh, he hasn't been perfect from three this year. I mean, obviously, you can't be perfect from three, but he was great last year, and you always felt like those shots were going in. It's a different story this year, but he is starting to shoot better now this past, what, week and a half. So um, it it is going to be a big loss for us during this time, and I just hope for nothing but the best. during this time for him. I don't know if he's showing symptoms, but Justin Holiday, if you're listening, get well soon, man. We need you. So that's all the news we have, right? That is all the news. Okay, so I knew it was a a uh, slow news week for the Pacers. Obviously, we're going to talk about what transpired with the Lakers um, game last Wednesday, and we'll we'll talk about that when we we do the game recap for that because that is a big piece of news for the Pacers. But, um, Sal, I have a ton of potential trades that I've come up with. And usually I leave this to our producer Combs, but he's not here with us today. So I've just completely taken the reins. And I got to tell you, 
I may be the new trade guy. So just as I read through these, you tell me if you love them, if you hate them. And at the end, we're going to talk about which one's our favorite. I have a five-teamer in here too. Interesting. I, I'm guessing it's going to be bad, but you have to include a five-teamer when you can. So I'm just I'm not going to start with that one. I'm going to start with, first of all, the Pacers and Raptors. Sal, since you're Canadian, I had to do I had to do a Canadian team trade in here, right. and there's only one to choose from. So I went for Pascal Siakam, who I honestly don't know much about his year this season. Um, but the Pacers would receive Pascal Siakam and Yuta Watanabe for Miles Turner, Goga Batadze, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 first. And we're going to protect it slightly. I did a top eight protection. The Pacers have never had, what, a top ten pick since 1986 or something like that. So We have not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's that important of a protection. But, you know, maybe this could be the year that we do get a top eight pick. I don't know. So, uh, we like I said, we'd walk away with Pascal Siakam and Yuta Watanabe. I might be butchering that name, but I think that's right. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, the Raptors clearly want to move on from Siakam, as they do. They did draft Scotty Barnes, who looks like the future of that team. Uh, uh, I have a lot of Raptors fans uh, that are my friends, and um, they like Siakam. He's having a good year, and uh, but he's not really fitting the timeline of their team right now. So, uh, but a guy like Miles Turner, uh, who's a shooting big man, which they would really like to upgrade uh, to get a true big man like because uh, Siakam is more of a four. He's not really a five. But Miles Turner could fill that void for them. Um, for the Pacers, I don't really know how that Siakam and Sabonis duo would work. And I don't know if we would slide Sabonis to the center permanently and rely on him to get better rim protection or just get better on defense overall. But I know the Pacers are looking to upgrade in some aspects or downgrade you really got to pick a path so i'm not really sure yeah the only thing about this is if the pacers are wanting to rebuild which i would never think that they would have that mindset this this wouldn't be a good trade for that because he's 33 million a year i think it goes up every year for the next three years so that's a big contract miles turner's under i mean he's under 18 million a year over the next two years Jeremy Lamb's $10 million expiring contract is a great trade piece right now. That's why he's thrown in there. And then Goga at $3 million a year for the next two years. And then a team option at some point, I think. Maybe that is included. I think he might have been picked up already for the um, team option. But that's like if we're trying to get younger um, and save some money over the next few years, Pascal Siakam's not the move. But from what I've known as a Pacers fan my whole life, the Pacers are trying to, you know – get those pieces to compete every single night. And maybe that is a consistent line of mediocrity for what the past 25 plus years for me. But I mean, that's something that the Pacers may like. And we've seen in the past too, and especially the recent past when the Pacers get guys who a lot of teams aren't really interested in, in, in anymore, but you know, they're still young and have shown potential in the past. Um, the Pacers give them opportunity, and they have career years. So, hey, maybe that could be Pascal Siakam and Yuta Watanabe. Um, and I really like this one, too, because if you're in the East, and this is you know me being a hopeful Pacers fan, then you need that stretch four. I mean, maybe not even a stretch four, but like a, a four who's who has good lateral quickness and um, 
can guard bigger players like a Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, Pascal Siakam could be the the answer for that, you know? So I like that. I love the idea of separating Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis, and that's what most of these trades are, are trying to do. Um, so let's move on to the next one, which is with the Knicks. And this one's terrible. I'm looking at it. I don't even know why I thought this. I just saw Kimball Walker's been made available today. Um, and all I know about Kimball Walker is I – I mean – Obviously, I'm an NBA fan, so like I, I get the decline. I know his knees are bad. Man, at those World Olympics, not even the Olympics, the World Cup a couple years ago that Miles Turner started for, Kimball Walker was the best player on that team. And in my opinion, I know, you know, like Donovan Mitchell looked really good too, and Jason Tatum was on that team. But it was really a Kimball Walker, Donovan Mitchell show, and Kimball, I thought, edged him out on that. So that was two years ago. I know his knees are two years older. But the Pacers in this trade would send Miles Turner to the Knicks. For Kimball Walker, Obi Toppin, and a second-round pick in 2022 from Charlotte. Thoughts? Um, I think the Pacers want to stay away from injuries, and Miles Turner is a guy that we can rely on to be healthy most of the time. Uh, Kimball Walker is the exact opposite, and pairing him with Brogdon and Karras, uh, I guess you're going to slide War into the four, Karras to the three. Uh, I mean, the one thing I do like about this trade is getting Brogdon to the two-guard instead of the point guard. Uh, it lets Brogdon play more off-ball instead of on-ball. Uh, Akemba is a uh, point guard that could do that, but I know Knicks fans really don't like Kemba Walker. Um, I've heard he's not as much as a facilitator as we like because that would be the whole point of trading for a new point guard. Um but getting Obi Toppin could be nice. Uh, he's a nice younger piece. Um, yeah, I love. That's kind of my thoughts. I'm a huge Obi Toppin fan, so that's part of the reason I wanted to do this. You know, maybe he could be the Pacers four, move Sabonis to the five, like we talked about with Pascal Siakam, and who knows? Maybe he could have a career year with the Pacers. Uh, let's move on to the Bulls. This one is we're building for the future. This is the Pacers blatantly tanking, and. Um, getting younger pieces honestly this probably wouldn't work I feel like the Bulls may be giving us too much for this this depends on Patrick Williams if they really believe that he's not going to be healthy anytime soon if the Bulls want to compete right now this is the move for them and I think there's a chance you know so Pacers would send away Demonis Sabonis and this is going to be a heartbreaker Sal are you sitting yes I'm okay. sitting and O'Shea Brissett Oof. We received Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, who's hurt right now, yeah. um, and then the Port- Portland's first from 2022, which the Bulls own, Chicago's first from 2027, and then three second-round picks from the Bulls from 26, 27, and 28. I think giving away three second-round picks is a little much. Uh, I don't know if Sabonis has that value right now um i think there could be something around patrick williams if you really wanted to but i think you'd probably cap out at the two first round picks especially because portland's pick is probably gonna be um you know higher in the picks like no it's not gonna be like a 20 to 30 but um yeah you also get some entertainment with Derek jones jr so that might be interesting that'd be so fun man and I mean, look, if the Bulls are really high on their team right now, which it 
you know, it seems like they are, then this could be the move for them. You know, getting Demonis Sabonis at uh, 18 million over the next three years, um, and a two-time All-Star, reigning two-time All-Star, or I guess not reigning is the right word, but you know what I mean. This, the, I mean, he could be the missing piece, right? Yeah. I don't know. So that's the Bulls trade that I have. I got more. We're going to go through them. Let's see. Um, I'm going to save a couple of these. Okay. I got a little biased here because three of these trades are just fun, I think. Well, two of them. That It's two two players that I've just talked about way too much on this podcast. We're still going to go over them. I'm going to save those, though. This next one is a three-teamer with the Pacers, Raptors, and Nets. So the Nets are going to receive Fred Van Vliet and TJ Warren. The Raptors will get Karis LeVert, Dayron Sharp from the Nets, Cam Thomas from the Nets, and our 2022 first-round pick. And the Pacers will get Kyrie Irving. Thoughts? Ooh, I am a not. I'm not a Kyrie Irving fan, so I would not like to see that guy in Indiana. But um, ooh, um, I mean, you'd be keeping Miles Turner, right? Yeah, and, and you're keeping Sabonis too. Yes. All right. So, and you're sending Karis to Toronto or Brooklyn? Karis goes to Canada to join you, Sal. Okay. We're sending um, him. We're sending him across the border. All right. So you're keeping Turbonus and you're having Kyrie. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a I fun one, but you know. This we need insider knowledge with where TJ Warren is in his rehab process. Yes. Is he going to ever play for the Pacers again? I don't know. If he's not, then yeah, let's ship off Karis LeVert's contract. TJ Warren is an expiring deal too. But like maybe we take a chance with Kyrie. Maybe he'll play in Indiana because the restrictions aren't um, as you know hard set as they might be in Brooklyn. I mean, I don't know if Justin Holiday is vaccinated or not. I'm guessing he's not if he's um, on protocols for this long. But... Uh, I mean, could Kyrie be the point guard of the future for the Pacers? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want that, actually, but <laughs> kind of fun. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is a – you want me to do the five-teamer now? Or are you ready for this? Sure. Okay, let's go five-teamer. So this includes the Clippers, 76ers, Trailblazers, Grizzlies, and Pacers. I got to zoom in for this. Okay, so the Clippers will get um, – Yerk, uh, Yerkich, Nurkic. What's his name? Uh, Nurkic. Nurkic. What's his first yeah. name? Yusuf. Yusuf. Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic. I, it just says J on the screen. It just threw me off. Yeah. I zoomed in hardcore for this. Okay. So Yusuf Nurkic goes to the Clippers. The Sixers get Dylan Brooks and C.J. McCollum, which I'm looking at this now after doing this trade earlier. This this would never happen. I don't think this, the Sixers would want that. Um. The Trailblazers would get Miles Turner and Ben Simmons. The Grizzlies will get Terrence Mann and a first pick in 2023 from the Sixers. And the Pacers will get uh, Zubach, Shake Milton, Batum, a second rounder from the Clippers, and a first rounder from the Trailblazers in 23. All for Miles Turner. I would never do that trade as a Pacers fan. <laughs> yeah, that one's bad. Looking at it now, I'm out. <laughs> Who is Ben Simmons going to? And, and he's going with someone else, right? The Trailblazers get no. Simmons and Miles Turner. Yeah, that that's a lot for the Trailblazers, just from CJ McCollum. 
and Yusuf Nurkic. And Yusuf Nurkic. And a first rounder in 23 to the Pacers. If there were t- if there was a Ben Simmons trade with Indiana involved, I'd, I'd hope he would go to Indiana. Okay, I avoided all Ben Simmons trades because or for, to the Pacers because we've heard about it way too much recently. So I just, you know, I let that one go. Let's move on to my uh just the, you know, kind of fun one. It could turn the Pacers around. This is the Pacers and Clippers. So the Clippers will receive Miles Turner. Get ready. This is a big one. Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, plus 2023-2025 and 2027 first-round picks and the 2022 second-round pick for Miami. This is a, a loaded deal, and I, I'm guessing you'll know who I'm trading for. And this is yeah. a huge 180 for me as a, a Pacers fan who's been very bitter recently. The Pacers will receive Marcus Moore Sr. and Paul George. He's coming home. Thoughts? I think the Clippers would be taking a bit of an L on this one. <laughs> Even though they're getting a lot of compensation for the future, I think they're trying to win now because Kawhi's aging. I mean, but look, you're pairing Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but Kawhi's injured, so will they make the playoffs to, this is, to get Kawhi in there? Maybe the Clippers know something we don't. Maybe Kawhi's back, ready to go. Maybe he doesn't like Paul George, which is totally understandable. And this just makes sense as a trade. We'd get Paul George locked locked up for four years. <laughs> and he'd probably only ask out of the organization in I mean, we'd probably at least get him for a year, you know, before he starts asking out. So, we'll, you know, at least one year of Paul George. And all we have to do is give up four picks and four rotation guys. Not bad. <laughs> um, and then our lineup would be Brogdon, Paul George, I guess TJ Warren if he comes back. I don't know. Marcus Morris and Demonis Sabonis. That's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad at all. All right, let's move on. These are my dream trades now, okay? We're going Pacers-Bucks. The Bucks receive Malcolm Brogdon and Goga Batadze, which you know I'm a huge Goga fan. This this is tough for me, but it's not really when I see what we get, which yeah. is one-time all-star Drew Holiday. Who says no? Okay. Who says um, no? The Pacers say no because we already lost Aaron Holiday, so – we wouldn't be getting the trio holiday season. I think if we did this trade, I think it, it we have to trade back for Aaron. Yeah, I agree, and I think the Wizards would be willing to trade him too. Yeah, I don't know give how well Brad he's Wanamaker. Doing. Give him Brad <laughs> Wanamaker for Aaron. Hey, people love Brad Wanamaker, I guess, in the league. Um, so yeah, Drew Holiday. I think honestly, I think no one says no to that. I think that's the move. I think the Bucks are going to right some of their wrongs by getting rid of Brogdon, especially when they traded. Brogs in a way so they could get Eric Bledsoe. Terrible mistake. It worked out for them because Drew Holiday ended up there. Um, and saved the series in the NBA Finals for them last year with that steal on Devin Booker. So could bring some of that winning mentality to the Pacers finally. Uh, and then this is the final one. And this, and I, I did do a Ben Simmons trade. I'm sorry, but I didn't consider this a Ben Simmons trade. So this the Pacers and the 76ers. The 76ers will receive... Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, and three seconds for Ben Simmons, whatever, and Andre Drummond. Who says no? 
Karis Levert and Miles? Uh, yeah. I think this is a W. Yeah. We get we get Hakeem Olajuwon and we get Ben Simmons. And then we ha- have Sabonis too. So we have the two elite shooting big men on our team. If another team gets a rebound against us, then I'll be surprised. I mean, at, we'll at the worst double every single uh, rebounding number of teams that we play. This is the move, it's man. Good. Yeah, it's the move. All right, so Andre Drummond, future pacer, you heard it here first. And Ben Simmons too, whatever. So a young LeBron and Ben Simmons and then um, a more refined Hakeem Olajuwon and Andre Drummond. Not a bad deal for Turner and Levert. I'd throw in a few first too, man. I'm not going to lie. So those are those are all my trades. Uh, I just thought that was fun today. Um, you know, it's not always fun being a Pacers fan this year, so thought I'd bring something to the table. Sal, let's move on to the game recaps. So do you have the schedule pulled up? I, I do. I do too. Okay, so let's start with the, sh- the Pacers at Chicago on November 22nd, 2021. I don't know why I said the year, on uh, last Monday. So the Bulls were one of the hotter teams in the league at this point. Um, they came in 12-5. and five. Pacers, one of the colder teams in the league, came in 7-11. and 11. And uh, Pacers just came in, won uh, handily. It ended up being 109-77. to 77. And uh, just a strange victory for the Pacers. It seemed like everything was going right for us and nothing was going right for the Bulls. They didn't have Vucevic, which definitely helped us, but... Um, and I think his was safe health and safety protocols, uh, why he was out, but he still at the game, which was weird. So let's talk about this one. Sal, what are some of your tech, uh, some of your takeaways? So I know Lonzo probably had his worst game of the season. I don't, I don't think he made a field goal. No, I texted when my, I checked it the last time. I have some buddies who are huge Laker fans and they love Lonzo. Yeah. And, I mean, they were just telling me how great he was. Hon- honestly, they've been telling me how great he was for the past three years. But this year, like, I can't shut him up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like Lonzo, too. Oh, okay, um, cool. Well, I texted him and it was like, uh, Lonzo's trash. Yeah, I know. He had a bad game. Yeah. Um, But the other thing that stood out to me kind of in the game was that when I was picking the MVP of the game for the Pacers since we won... Um, when I was looking at the box score, since I didn't watch the whole game, um, I noticed that it was kind of a whole team effort. No one really stood out. I, I don't really remember who, who I even picked, but it seemed like everyone was pretty equal, at least in the starters. Uh, like Everyone had good production, so I mean, it was a good like chemistry win, I guess. I'm pretty sure this was a Demonis Sabonis MVP. Yeah, probably. He I think that's a... Yeah, that's a good guess, too, yeah, because he's had over half of the MVPs this year, I think. Yeah, he is 11 right now. Wild. So, uh, well-deserved because he'll have great games. And we're going to get to his best one of the season and maybe of his career, too, here soon. But, yeah, Pacers handled the Bulls easily, and um, I agree with everything you said. Uh, It is hard to choose one person. Effective field goal percentage, too, for all these guys was unreal. O'Shea Brissett just continues to look good with the few minutes he gets. And... Um, let's move on to the next game, which was the Lakers who came to town and won in overtime, 124 to 116 against us. And Sal, this was not like, you know, we probably should have won this one. There was the two minute report that came out from the NBA, uh, 
Chris Duarte had the go-ahead game-winning field, like four-point play potential right there, hit the three, got fouled, and didn't get the foul call for whatever reason. He got tackled by Avery Bradley. What were you thinking in the moment? So I didn't realize there was a foul. When I when he hit that shot, I was way too excited to even look at like the replay. So I kind of just – but when I, after the game when I saw the replay, it was, it was definitely a foul. Uh, I know Chris said after the game, he said, uh, I thought I, it was a foul, but I guess the refs just don't call fouls on rookies. So, I mean, it is pretty disappointing. This was another um, LeBron referee game that we get. Um, yeah, and maybe the pinnacle of a LeBron referee game because he got two fans thrown out too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember. It was someone – it might have been uh, – Chris Pratt again, but he sent four different games that we got like screwed over by the refs, and like two of them were against LeBron, I believe. Though there was the one against the Cavs in the playoffs, and this one, and like that the referees confirmed that there was like that we should have won. There was a goaltender foul or something. It was the goaltend. Yeah. Oh, I'll never. But like for that. the other games as well. Yeah, that goaltend is. Crazy. Yeah, so um, that shot that Duarte hit did send us to overtime, tied it up, and then the Lakers just ran away with it in overtime. Yeah. We probably should have won with that foul, but um, it was a good game overall. The fans getting thrown out, we were looking for them to try to get them to come on the All Pacers podcast. Then I saw that they said they hope LeBron's kid dies in a car crash. So we have no longer reached out to, or sought them out. Um, Good idea. Yeah, if they, I guess if they wanted to come apologize to the public on the podcast, I mean, sure, I guess, maybe, probably not. But, uh, yeah, we are no longer looking for them to come onto the All Pacers podcast. Just want to make that known. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, look it up. LeBron throws two fans out in Indy. Definitely fun to uh, see. But LeBron just turned it on this game. I think he had, what, 17 in the first half and then ended up with 39 for the game. Vintage yeah, LeBron. Over, over time, LeBron was kind of different. That was like every single step back three he took, it was just in. And then he, and he hit us with the uh, Chauncey Bellif celebration that got him a little $15,000 fine, but that's oh, just pennies to him. So Not Chauncey Billups. You just threw me off by saying Billups. I can't think of who it was now. Uh, it was Chauncey Billups that did that uh, celebration. Really? Or no, sorry. Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. That's who it was. Yeah. Brain fart. I don't know why I had that. Uh, connection but yeah yep. it was uh, Sam Cassell yes and I was really annoyed when he did that so um but hey you know what Pacers getting one step closer to that uh top five pick in the draft let's move on to the Raptors game and this one the Raptors had already beaten us twice this year I bet that the Raptors would cover the spread against the Pacers in this one because I just didn't believe in the Pacers and that's probably me being a bad fan but I just feel like the Pacers can't match up against this Raptors team that has, you know, four guys on the floor at any point who are super athletic and anywhere from six foot seven to six foot nine height wise and super long. It just feels like a Florida State team. And I just have, you know, this year haven't seen any signs of hope for the Pacers um, playing against this Raptors team. But it worked for the Pacers this time. And um, Sal, what are your thoughts on this game? I was at work, so I didn't get to watch the game. <laughs> okay, so uh, Pacers won one fourteen to ninety seven. I'll, I'll just kind of go through this one pretty quick. Um, and 
the uh, I mean, Sabonis had another great game, 23 points, 18 rebounds. He was the MVP on Instagram. Miles Turner, too, 17 points, 10 rebounds. And uh, just, you know, like a steady game across the board, kind of what you expect from the Pacers this year. If we're going to win, we're probably going to have seven guys in double figures. What they had, one, two, three. They had seven guys in double figures in this one, too. And um, shooting well across the board, too. This was Keelan Martin's uh, best game, I think, this week because he hasn't looked great and I haven't been super excited about Keelan Martin anymore like I was beginning of the season but uh he played well for us off the bench and when we get that kind of production off the bench with you know maybe Keelan Martin or Duarte who's coming off the bench now when um Levert and Brogdon are healthy or if we can get that Tory Craig game again against the Nets you know like when we can get that kind of production with one guy off the bench we're a whole different team and we have you know like we we almost step up and um, can play with anyone at that point if that's happening. So tough uh, to play the Raptors, but we came away with a victory this time, and we're now 1-2 and two against them this year. Let's move on to the next game. That is the Bucks pacers Sal, did you have any hope coming into this game? No, I knew we'd lose instantly. No one stops Giannis. And I, I, whenever we play the Bucks in the past year or two, um, I, I never really pay attention to it because I just know what the outcome is. I, I, I'd like to see a stat when the last time we beat the Bucks is, but it feels like it's been a long time. So uh, Giannis had 26 points, and Turner and Sabonis combined had six points in this game. Yeah, they got shut out. Yeah, this was a tough one, and, I mean, it's not like a surprising number for Miles at all, but when you see Sabonis has four points and only took eight shots in the game, it's you know something's wrong and it was they really focused it i mean the bucks just came in focused on those two and just ran away with this one they won 118 to 100 tough for the pacers and very clear to me as a fan i'm sure everyone else who watched it that the pacers just don't have what it takes to be a top team in the east this season that's true so there's definitely lines that were drawn if you didn't already know they were there. Um, and to me, it's that the Pacers can't compete this year with the East. I mean, unless everyone gets hurt. So the let's Toronto move on. Toronto Championship. What did you say? Like the Toronto Championship. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the next game, which is our most recent one. This was November 29th which was yesterday, and this was against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sal, I, n- I know you were uh, heartbroken watching this one. Yeah, another unfortunate one. Uh, Sabonis has one of his career games. I wouldn't put it at the top, but it, it's up there. It's a triple-double with 25 rebounds. Um, Pacers just couldn't seem to close out. They had the lead, I think, all the way up until the fourth quarter. Um, just another one of those collapses. Um, Anthony Edwards is a generational talent, so... You know, he's just been showing out all season. So, I mean, I I didn't really expect us to get this win easily. Uh, Like I did say on the Instagram, I said, whether we win or not, I know it's not going to be pretty. So, kind of predicted that. Hey, and anything that we say on all dot pacers on Instagram usually happens. I I don't know what it is. We can say whatever on this podcast and it might not happen. But if you want a real take that happens, um, Every time, all dot pacers on Instagram doesn't miss. So go follow us there if you haven't already. Um, definitely worth it. I got to say, too, man, Carl Anthony Towns might be the most underrated player in the NBA this season. 
Valid take. Sorry, say it again. It's a valid take. Yeah, I mean, when you said valid, I thought you were going to say Valanciunas, who <laughs> could also be the most underrated player in the NBA. But Cat uh, had 32 points in this game, and, you know, maybe defensively he's not totally there. Like, obviously, Sabonis had his way with everyone on the Timberwolves, especially on the boards. But, I mean, Towns might be the best shooting center in the NBA, you know? Oh, he probably is of all time. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And you wouldn't really – I mean, I'd really he's have to do some He's still a young player, but, like, he's definitely, like, top two or three, maybe that's, even one. That's crazy. I'm going to start doing some research on that. But Yeah. Um, yeah, he – I mean – who who would ever think that you know as just like a, a regular NBA fan who's gonna say oh Cat might be the greatest big uh, center or shooting center of all time like no one's gonna think that really unless like yeah. you're sitting down and doing this research and um man like he's every time we've gotten to play him he's been pretty good so I I just gotta say I like that guy as a player and that's our game recap Sal what's your mental state right now as a Pacers fan where's it at uh I don't like being stuck right in mediocrity and that seems like that's what we're at right now we still have time to make the decision if we want to be horrible or compete for this year but I really wanted us to uh, get our 10th win um this week but we did not um so we're still kind of stuck in the middle. I haven't really looked at the standings, so I don't know how far we are from the play-in or even the playoffs, but uh, it's still sal- salvageable. So, Yeah, I have yeah. it pulled up here for you. So we are 13th in the East, which there are 15 teams. We are ahead of the Pistons and the Magic, which could have been expected for sure. But yeah. we are six and a half games behind the Nets, who haven't been great this year at times, and they're first in the East. It's not looking great for us when you look at all the talent that's at the top of the East. Um, and even in the middle, like the Milwaukee Bucks are 13-8. and eight. They're fifth in the East right now. The Knicks are – or the Sixers are eighth in the East, and they have Joel Embiid. Like, we're not competing with him. And the Celtics are surging right now. They have two all-stars in their lineup. The Raptors, we have a hard time competing with. They're ahead of us. So, I mean, when you just look through this, and even, like, the Hawks, too, they're getting hot um, – a couple I mean at least a couple times recently and look man it's gonna be tough it something has to change I think it might be time to make some big changes at the trade deadline hopefully um Buchanan's listening to this episode of the podcast you know checking out some of these trades that I've been putting into the airwaves Buchanan look I can help you out if you want some more trades I got you um but this is the year man if if we haven't seen it in the past um, just because, you know, we've had kind of some success, you know, getting that fourth or fifth seed in the East. Like, we're, it's pretty obvious now that something needs to change. So what I would say as a Pacers fan, how I'm feeling right now is um, I just feel like I'm being dragged along. I love this team. I love these players. But it's, you know, it's nothing like the highs that we felt in the past as Pacers fans and even like the recent past too, like, that 2018 season is probably going to be my one of my favorite seasons of all time as a Pacers fan. Or I guess, yeah, 2018. That's it was the 2018 season. I should know this if I'm going to say it's one of my favorites. Um, but you know, like 
it was so fun to be a Pacers fan that year. And then this year we came in with all these high hopes. You know, our two-time All-Star Sabonis is a year older and entering his prime. Turner is figuring it out. Carlisle loves him. Maybe we can get healthy with Brogdon, Levert, and when T.J. Warren comes back, like, this team's going to be nice. Duarte looks really good. You know, all this stuff. And it just hasn't come together. And I don't I don't really – like, obviously there's a chance it could come together. I just don't see how it's going to happen with what we've seen so far. So – um, I, I must say this is the one year out of the like four years that I've been watching the Pacers. I think this is definitely my least favorite so far. I'm not enjoying as much as I would be uh, for the past few years. But um, this year has really got me missing, which I hate to say it, but it's it's got me missing some prime Victor Oladipo. I'm really missing it. I know, man. And we'll never see that again, probably. Yeah. I mean, in the NBA. So, all right, let's move on to our updated top, I guess, 14 players for the Pacers uh, over the past, what, 10 days since last Monday? So nine Yeah, days? five games, five games. Yeah, over the past five games. We're going to rank our players from 1 to 14, um, and we'll do that right after this break. All right, so, Sal, let's go through our list and I had 18 guys last time me and you were 17th Montales was 18th we're not going to do that this time just know that that's how it is we're going to be ahead of Montales no matter what but let's let's go over our top players list I I want to hear yours mostly and um we'll go from there I'm going to guess that it's going to be pretty similar this time around um but how do you want to do this you want to start from one and go to 14 or do you want to go reverse order um, let's go one to 14 because that's the more interesting stuff is when it gets out of the top five, really. For sure. Okay. So let's hear your top five then. All right. So to start off, I had my boy, Demontis Sabonis, um, coming off of a monster 16, 25 and 10 loss. Sabonis has led us to two wins out of the past five games. Um, in the last five games, Sabonis has averaged 15, 15, and 5, shooting 47% from the field, but only 9% from 3. Um, you know, Sabonis has been the leader. I don't know if he's being a vocal leader on the court. I can, I can see that being a guy like Brogdon, but in terms of best player, um, Sabonis has probably been that. I agree. Um, I, I love the 9% three-point percentage inclusion uh i didn't realize he was shooting that yeah i i know i can feel that he's been shooting bad i didn't know it was that bad yeah it's pretty bad i would guess it was at zero honestly it just never feels like his shots are going in yeah um i have him at one as well he had a career night the other day and we got at least honor that you know i think he's been mvp for the past five games or at least at least two maybe three but yeah uh He's, you know, consistently put up these numbers and kept us in games at times when no one else can. So he is one for me as well. Who do you have at two? At number two, I have Malcolm Brogdon. Um, One could argue that Malcolm should be first, but the only reason that I put him at second was because Sabonis had a 25-rebound game, and uh, Brogdon's averaging 19-5-6 in the past five games, and he's been a good closer for the games that we've won. Um or have been clo- like in a close game. But um, he did have 27, 8, and 2 against L.A., and he was uh, arguably more important than Chris to that game because he did hit a bunch of big threes down the stretch. Um, 
but I did not give him the game MVP. I gave Chris the game MVP because I was very high on that shot that he hit. Love it. I have Brogdon at two as well. He has played six more minutes per game during the stretch. Um, and I got to say, like, he, he has those games where he'll hit those important threes down the stretch, but he is taking dumb shots consistently still. And, you know, as someone who uh, knew how good Brogdon was at the Bucks, at least percentage-wise, he was in that 50-40-90 club. We still haven't seen that in Indiana, and I'm, I'm looking for that. I don't get why he's taking these dumb shots all the time. I get that we need the ball in his hands more because he's many times our first option. But, I mean, he's a creator, too. Like, make something happen, man. So, uh, still second because a dumb shot for Brogdon is, a, you know, um, not that bad of a shot at times. So, I have him at two. Who do you have at three? At three, I have Miles Turner. Um, I'd say after Sabonis and Brogdon, I was really not impressed with any Pacers players. Um Miles is averaging 11, 9, and 2 blocks, that is. Um, and he's taken a bit of a step back offensively, being held to two points against the Bucks. And um, he continues to be a good rebounder. That's the one thing that I'm very impressed with this season is him averaging about eight rebounds, which is his career high. And uh, he had 10 rebounds tw- in the past uh, two of the four games that he's played in out of the five that we're talking about. So I have so. a little difference here. I have a Levert at three. Um, Ooh, I do okay. want to talk about Turner, though. He, I mean, is who he is, obviously, for us. Like you said, two of the past four games he's had over 10 rebounds. That's not super typical for Turner. But, uh, I mean, so you got to be excited for that when it does happen. He did have that two-point clunker against the Timberwolves last night. I'm moving him to fourth on this list because of this. I mean, maybe not just because of that, but um, has a lot to do with it. His offensive rating for the Pacers over these past five games is first at 114.2. His defensive rating, surprisingly, is the fourth worst on the Pacers over these past five games. Ouch. So, uh, weird switch for someone who you expect to be um, way better on defense than he is on offense. But, um, as I mean, at least the past, what, year and a half now, we've seen his offensive advanced stats you know bump up even be better than Sabonis many times and yeah I mean if we want him to you know continue to be an impact player for us like we have seen in the past I mean even the 40 point game like he is going to have to have those offensive numbers but he can't slack on defense um, and we're we've seen that a little bit these past five games so let's move on to number four for you which I'm guessing that's who I have at three um no, I actually have Karis uh, a little bit down. Um, I have uh, four with uh, Chris, Chris Duarte. Okay. Um, uh, while he isn't shooting at the highest clip, um, Duarte does continue to shine as a steal of the draft. And uh, him hitting a potential game-winning N1-3, which should have been an N1, um, he's, he's really shown his... Uh, he's continued to show his offensive confidence and his defensive upside that we've seen uh, throughout the season, and he he still continues to um, shine this past week, although it is a little bit of a step down since the beginning of the season. For sure. So Duarte has, you know, like you said, I actually don't know if you said this, but he's come off the bench a couple times, and um, 
has been put in big moments still because I, you know, the team knows how important he has been for the Pacers this year. Like you said, maybe the seal of the draft um, has had or has averaged 12 points per game the past five games. And, um, you know, that's not what you'd want it to be for him or what you expect because he was playing so well to start the season. But maybe he's, you know, balancing out a little bit and uh, his numbers have gone down a tad. But, you know, he's on that bench unit. He's figuring things out, playing with new guys. Um, when the ball comes his way, he's catching in a different spot than it is when he's playing with like a Brogdon or something in the starting lineup. So um, definitely adjusting, still catching up to the speed of the NBA, but he's doing really well at it. I think that's a good spot for him. I have him at fifth, though. So should I present my fifth best player? Let's go fifth. Who do you have? I have TJ McConnell at fifth. Um, TJ uh, filling the stat sheet in every category. Um, He's kind of taken on a lot of roles as the backup point guard. That's why we've seen some inconsistency in his field goal percentage and a little bit of his decision making. Um, But he is doing what we expect TJ McConnell to do. Um, And the only thing that I'd like to see change is um, his decision making is sometimes questionable. But overall, we're getting the TJ McConnell that we want to see. Uh, and that we saw last year. Yeah, I love it. I have him at six, so not far off. Um, and I love TJ McConnell. I think this is a good spot for him. And it's exciting to see, you know, how much of an important player he is on this team, especially with where we thought he was going to be when we first got him onto the team. So um, I have – well, I said I had him at six. So who do you have at six? Um, I have Karis LeVert at number six. Um, personally, I've been pretty disappointed with Karis just watching him. Uh, based on the eye test, I see a lot of bad shots and a lot of shots that seem way too forced. Um, I, a big lack of efficiency from him. He did shoot three for 14 against the Wolves last night, which is pretty embarrassing. And it seems as it seems like he shoots the ball whenever he catch, catches it. Um but I do think he can turn this around. Um, even though he lost against the Bucks, uh, Karras did shoot 9 for 13, so we do see some capability from him. Um, and I, I think he'll improve out of this little slump that he's having. For sure. So what we can see that's good is his offensive rating is second on the Pacers during this time at 111.2, and his defensive rating is fourth for the Pacers during this time as well at 94.2. So he's at least impacting the team when he's on the court maybe the numbers aren't there at times and his percentage is low but you know when he's shooting he's getting more people open on um, future shots too because he's at least spacing the floor a little bit um, and uh, defensively been pretty good too you can't be mad about him so I have him like I said I had him at third um, that had a lot that had a lot to do with the advanced stats and I think he's been looking a lot better and I, I've factored in you know like coming back from injuries and having a little rust that he's had to shake off. I think he's been performing really well. So I have him at three. Let's move to seven. Who do you have? I have my boy, Justin Holiday at seven. Um, a little, he's in a big slump right now. Uh, I don't know about big, but he's in a slump. Uh, he is stuffing the stat sheet in every category, just like McConnell. Uh, seems like getting a lot of rebounds and, um, but he's shooting pretty poorly. We can't. We don't really know what to expect from him there. But uh, we, we know that Justin does get in these slumps uh, a few times during the season. 
Uh, he did put up double digits in four of the five uh, games that we have played in the past. Which is so, important. Yeah. And when you're asking your seventh guy, um, or when you're looking at your roster and your seventh guy is doing, you know, like 10 points a game, um, or what's he averaging right now? It's 11.4 points per game over the past five games. That's yeah. your seventh guy right now. Um Skill-wise for the team, that's not bad. We haven't seen that translate into wins totally, but I have him at seven as well. Um, his numbers are down, like you said, but he does a lot on the court for this team. And, hey, maybe he could have had COVID for all we know. I don't know. But uh, when you look at this list, I think this is the point where, like, he's that line where it's dipping down now from this point on. We're, we have seven strong right now on the Pacers and then a lot of inconsistency after that, unless yeah. you count O'Shea Brissett. Um, as consistent, but he's just not getting a ton of time either. So, Sal, let's move on to number eight. Who do you have? Number eight, I have one of the diamonds in the rough for the Pacers this year, Keelan Martin. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm going to call him a diamond, but a, a small, like, shiny stone. Um, he's he's a pretty unexpected spark plug that we've seen get significant minutes in almost every game for us. Uh, the option to have Keelan come onto the court and start hitting shots is something that Pacers fans can appreciate. And I do expect a good role for Keelan, uh, at least until the All-Star break. I feel like Rick uh, does have confidence playing Keelan a good amount of minutes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been happy with, with what I've seen for him. I have him at 10. And a lot of that has to do with my thoughts about him coming in to uh, this season, obviously, but uh, his numbers are bad. I don't feel like he comes in and hits shots right now. I think he's just throwing up clunkers. He did beginning of the season change my mind a lot about who he is as who he is as a player. I loved watching him beginning of the season, but I'm even looking at the numbers right now, and my feeling was correct. He's at 11.8 three point percentage over the past five games, and uh, not great i gotta be honest not loving yeah it. to me it, it kind of seems like he comes uh he doesn't shoot efficiently one, two, throughout one, the whole game okay. but i feel like some games will have those games where he comes in and he starts great. something else shooting, like, like making his first right. like few let's shots. move on to number but, like, nine it's correct? not sustainable let's move on so to who do you number have at nine? nine correct yes so who do you have at nine at number nine i have tory craig um tory craig is kind of just being tory craig um He's shooting the right amount of shots with the right amount of makes, which is about like two to four shots a game. Um, exactly what we expect for Tori. Uh, his defense is usually there and his offense is usually there. So, I mean, this is how we expect Tori to be. Yeah, I agree. Year. I'm not going to add so, anything to it. Let's move on to number 10. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to add anything to it. Let's move on to number 10. Who do you have here? Um, so I kind of categorized 10 to 14 as just bad. Um Isaiah Jackson is my 10. Uh, in only 18 minutes of Jackson playing throughout the past five games, I've liked what he's been able to do in limited minutes. And in nine minutes, he showed potential against, uh, I think it was the Bucs. Um, he showed a lot of potential to start growing as a player. He had four points and three rebounds on 50%. Yeah, just run the through field. the rest of these guys because uh, yeah, let's just burn just through run them. through the rest of these guys because yeah, uh, sure. let's just burn through them. Okay, Jeremy Lamb, uh, horrible. He's dealing with some minor injuries, but he's just bad. Um, he's had some coaches' uh, decision, like DNP, so he just didn't play because Carlisle didn't want him to. 
Um, but yeah, Carlisle seems like he's going to take Lamb out of the rotation, which I am perfectly okay with. Um, then I have O'Shea at 12. Um, not much to say besides he's not getting any minutes uh, or barely any minutes. Um, all we can really say about this is that we hope he gets more minutes and gets a role on the team eventually, which I can probably see him getting one maybe after the All-Star break. 13, I had Brad Wanamaker. Uh, he's only received minutes two of the last five games. Uh, Wanamaker, he's been all right. He's been better than I had him last week. Um, Rick has kind of realized that Wanamaker should only be playing during gar- during garbage time, and that's exactly what he does now. Um, he had, I think, a 2-3-2 two, two, and one steal game. That was against the Bulls, I think. And then at 14, to finish my list, I have Goga. Uh, if there's any seven-foot guys out there with no basketball skills trying to make the NBA, Goga is a prime example of a guy you should look up to. Um, in the Pacers' impressive win against Chicago last week, Goga showed out going zero for five from the field. I know that one hurts to hear. Yeah, it does. He's played three games, averaging six minutes, and has uh, 0% from the field and 0% from three, as well yeah. as uh, 50% from the free throw line over that stretch which gives him 0.3 points per game during those three games. I love Goga, man. I I hate to see it. What Goga had going for him in the past was we com- we could compare him to TJ Leaf, and we can't do that anymore. Goga is now the new TJ Leaf of this team, and I hate to say it. Isaiah yeah. Jackson's there and is already looking better than Goga. Like you said, if there are any seven-footers out there listening right now, there's hope. There's hope for yeah. you for sure. <laughs> Um, well, Sal, I love that list. I, I'm just going to say, I agree. Cause I don't want to go through mine and we're going to, we're starting to run out of time. So, uh, man, what, what are you looking forward to for the Pacers over this next, what week or two weeks of basketball? I, I think our team's very inconsistent right now. We'll play good. Uh, and then we'll not play good. Um, and also the closing out of games has been, continues to be pretty poor, but, uh, I, I think we need to make a decision um, if we want to ride out this season and try and be competitive, or we still have time since we are third worst in the East. We still have time to be horrible. So I I would be happy if we chose to be bad, and I would also be okay with us riding out the rest of the season. But I think after this season no matter what happens, because I don't know if we're going to make the playoffs, which I, I don't have a high hopes for that. But um, I think after this season, that's the time where we do something. Yeah, no doubt. So core. our next five games are the Hawks on Wednesday, the Heat on Friday. Or if you're listening to this, it's probably on Wednesday or Thursday. So the Hawks game probably already happened. Um, yeah. But that was December 1st, then the Heat, then the Wizards, the New York Knicks on uh, December 8th and the Mavericks on the 10th. Those are five games that I could see the Pacers losing. Yeah, I um, could see them losing all of them. And look, if I, where are the Pacers at right now as far as standings? Like, uh, I mean, we're third to last in the East. What's our record? We have eight wins, correct? E- um, no, we have nine. We have so nine we have wins. nine wins and... Like if we lose these next five games, that puts us at nine and nineteen. That might be 
the catalyst to move this team into tanking. I, I don't know. I think that could be it, especially like if TJ Warren's going to miss some more time or we get another injury, which is highly likely from uh, Levert or Brogdon or Sabonis or something. I don't know. So, I mean, this could be it, man. This could be the turning point for the Pacers if we lose at least four of these next five games. Yeah, so I'll just add quickly that um, in the West, the Kings, Spurs, Thunder, Pelicans, and Rockets all have less wins than us. And in the East, uh, it was the Magic and the Pistons. So, I mean, league overall, we are, um, that'd be eighth worst. Yeah, eighth worst. I mean, I don't know. We're stuck in mediocrity right now. Yeah, stuck. But, hey, man, a top 10 pick doesn't always happen for the Pacers. And when it does, we get, like, Paul George or something. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans, and the number one most reviewed Pacers podcast in the world. So thank you to everyone who's listening and supported us and left a review. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on whatever podcast listening platform you listen on. Um, follow us on Instagram at all.pacers and on Twitter at all underscore pacers and continue to be a part of this community as we try to take this indie sports market by storm until next time for sal i'm jack peace out see you jack Bonus brought it to him.